0: You have your Bibles with me, turn to Romans chapter two. We're continuing in this amazing letter of Paul. And my hope is today that you'd you'd be free to stop hiding. You may not even know what I'm talking about when I say that. So it's important that we've we've started this letter. It, it's an incredible theological letter. And my heart is that we would see how it impacts, how it actually works on. Our daily lives, what it means for us. Paul started, right? He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And and, and because it's amazing how the power of God works and how the goodness of God is, but he's really focused in on this wrath of God. That makes people uncomfortable, me uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. You know, he gives examples. He says, Hey, you can see it. You look around the world. You look at this world. It doesn't work like it should work. And that's evidence to him. That's eyes that can see. You say, Hey, God, who could do anything, but he's allowing things to not go very well. He's not happy about that. He's showing and he gives examples of, of, of sexual wrongness and of, and of, of people, boy, sin happening and God letting it happen. People are ruthless and, evil and coveting and that was the end of chapter one it's easy you know bad things and we point at those people who do bad things look at those guys over there but then he started chapter two we're in chapter two and last week said boy if you guys judge you do the same things so I call people out that they're not doing right and, and I've got the Bible to tell them and, 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 and boy, it says that's, there's a problem when you point your finger. You're guilty of the same evil wrongness. You're part of the mess. The Bible doesn't say, well, maybe you do a couple bad things too. <laughs> oh, it's way stronger than that. But here's the thing. I look at you. I have trouble with the lights, but I can kind of get in there and look and I see people I know and I see friends and I see, 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 see good people. You don't look like the people in Romans one. Right. You know, I don't look around seeing people who are openly coveting, who are gossiping all the time, who are evil. But I believe the Bible and not my eyes. So there's this thing, right, that it must be true. We hide. Is it okay for me to say that? I mean, that's the point that he's going after right in chapter two. As he begins to go, he, he's saying, well, I, I take that to me. I, me and, and you two, I hide not literally like the Garden of Eden, you know, when Adam and Eve ran and they hid from God with fig leaves or something. No, no, not that. But we who judge others are doing the same sins, but we don't look like it. So that means we hide in some way. I, I think you're different inside than you are outside. We must do it for a reason. I mean, I think, right? It gets us something. We we must think it matters. Like somehow others don't see. Uh, like, like somehow I saw my kids when they were two and we play hide and seek and they go hide behind the couch. And oh, they're hidden. All right. <laughs> Takes me two seconds to find them, but I act, you know. <laughs> where are they? Where are? But somehow the kid is like us, thinking I. I, I can hide. This is a big deal. We um. I don't know. It's, it's makeup stuff, right? It's I got a huge zit and I put a bunch of makeup on it so no one can see it, right? <laughs> Yeah, dude, you know, you feel nobody. You fool nobody, especially not God, God who looks directly at your heart. And if we believe the Bible and we do, then we're hiding here because the Bible says this is what you're doing, but, but but I look at you and me and I don't see it, then, then somebody's not telling the truth. Always choose the Bible. So therefore there's hiding going on. We're hiders. So it's important that chapter 2, when we're at the end of chapter 2, that, that Paul is going after and he's making sure you see there is nowhere to hide. That's actually really good news. If, if what I want for you is to say, hey, stop with the hiding already. Let, let's be free not to because, because something amazing has happened. That's where we're going today. If we can, if the Spirit allows. So I want to talk about first why why we hide. And again, you may say I don't really hide, Dax, but but at the end of the day, I, I believe the Bible says you do. And, and I think we should be thinking in these terms to think about what 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 are we not presenting to the world? People talk about it in different ways. Some people say, well, you've got a secret garden of shame, or whatever you have that you don't share with other people, or and, and maybe you don't even realize that you do this. But it drives many of us. So this is the flow. We're going to back up just a couple of verses so we catch it and why it makes sense. So in, in chapter 2, verse 9, Paul writes, There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil, the Jew first, also the Greek. It says, But there's glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, the Jew first and also the Greek, for God shows no partiality. God is fair, right? This sets up something that I agree with in my heart. If I do good, good will happen to me. If I do bad, bad will happen to me. God will make it so. But that, that's basically what he's saying. I hear and understand, if anyone does evil, there will be tribulation and distress, but glory and honor and peace, those are great things for those who do good, and I desperately want glory and honor and peace. By the way, everybody wants these things. I would love glory, and I don't mean that everyone bow down and worship me. I just want God to look and say, Dax, good job, kid. Hey, have you seen my servant, Dax? Who doesn't want that? Honor. Peace. How do I know what's good, then? Say, if you do good, I know it from here. The law of God. The rules. What God says, this is the way. You do too, right? You can, you can find them. I, it's, it's summarized in the Ten Commandments. They're, they're, they're good things. And so when we're thinking this way, we're a lot like the Jews. They got specially given God's law and, and Paul wants to make sure that they know that doesn't protect them from a particular question. A particular question. So let's take a little bit more with me. So in, in verse 17 where we're starting kind of here it says, but if you call yourself a Jew, which he's talking to a subgroup of them and, and rely on the law and boast in God and know his will and approve what is excellent. Whoa, whoa, stop there for a minute. He's speaking to Jews. That's his example. They have a thousands year relationship with the one true God. They have the law, the instructions on life itself. How cool. But but for today, for you and me today, would you think about this with me? He could just as well be speaking to many people who call themselves Christians. Right? I mean, please consider, many Christians call themselves gods. Many Christians rely on the law. Many Christians would say, my boast is in God, in his establishing what is right and true. That's more law. Uh, my, I, I know his will. That's the law. I approve what is excellent. That's the law. And all of this, all of my goodness is because I'm instructed from the law. It says that, right? You know his will and you approve what is excellent because you are instructed from the law. The great standard of God clearly laid out for you and me. Oh, I love your law, says David in the Psalms, right? And we go, yeah, like honey from the honeycomb. That's your commandments. I meditate on it day and night. And you know what that makes me? As I do that, qualified. Qualified qualified to teach and guide the poor pagans out there because the world that is lost and blind and dark and foolish because I have the commandments of God, the instructions on how to live, that's the thinking we're talking about. That's what Paul's addressing. He even says that if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I like that. That's us too, right? Christians along with the Jews. We have this wonderful law of God and it is the embodiment of knowledge and truth, the peak, the pinnacle. The reason we're so blessed is that we have the law of God. Okay. Good. In fact, do good. Avoid evil. Study the law. And so then, so then, comes the question. This question. You then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? What? He's saying... You have all this beauty. You have all this wonder. You've, you've got all this great law. Everybody, yeah, let's acknowledge it. Fabulous. But it's not helping you. That's what he's saying, right? He follows it up. While you preach against stealing, do you steal? Uh, you who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? So I never robbed a temple in my life. It's the concept, right? He's saying, he's saying. He's saying that's this thing where they say, "Hey, that you you say no, no, no to idols, but you go into the temples and you use the things that have been blessed by the temple in your stuff, the, the, the silver and gold, the, the tainted things." The answer's not supposed to be, as you read this, and, and you're reading this as a Jew, and we think about parallels as a Christian, the answer of, are you keeping the law? He's not looking for, oh yeah, I do it. He's meaning for you to say, oh, no, I don't do that. I do do these things. I don't teach myself, I guess, because I do break the law. We know what is right, and we don't do it. We study and read and exalt the law of God. Oh, rightly so. But we shamefully don't do it. It's more than hypocrisy because getting it wrong isn't just sort of the scorn of other people, like, "Oh, I saw you. You didn't do that right." No, it's like the loss of of, of everything that God says is good. If you do this, you'll do you you'll, you'll get blessed. It's the loss of everything. I want good for me. I want glory and honor. I want good standing. And, and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, right? I can't clearly face it. I, I do want what I don't have. I do think ill of others. I don't love from the heart. I can't clearly face it. I must hide. I can act like it, you know, that I do those things. I fear today that you and I are hiding because this is the system we're in. I know what to do and I don't do it, so I hide and act like I did. Why? Because my whole thinking system is i got to get this law done, and, and and therefore, if I don't, that's shameful, so I'm going to act like I do. And Paul isn't saying Maybe some of you actually do. He's going after you really don't. And so when you act like you do, what are you hiding? Why? Why is easy. I think it's getting me something. How do we do that? What, what does it look like? That's where we're going next. How do we hide? <laughs> Not very well. So the, the first thing I think we do about hiding, right, in terms of you say, okay, here's the perfect law of God, and here's me, and, and, and God's view of my heart, and He says, you're not keeping the law through Paul and the Holy Spirit. That's what He's saying in Romans 2. And so I'm, I'm but I'm acting like I do when I'm around you, then I'm hiding. How do I do it? What, what why? How specifically? Okay. Well, denial's a big one, right? Like you may be hearing this and saying the defenses go up and you say, no, I do. You know, that's like the Jews, you know, I boast in the law of God. My boast is in the law. I do it. No, you don't. You who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law. Could it be clearer? That's just a flat-out statement. He's not even like, let me give you 1,500 examples. He's just saying, I know this to be true by the power of the Holy Spirit, and I'm telling you, you break the law. If you say you don't, you're in denial. It's not a river in Egypt. So so there it is, right? For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Paul's talking about the sweep of humanity. He's talking about people who think they have a special in with God and they boast in the law. They're doing good. They're loving God. They're loving people. And he's saying, no, you don't. You're hiding and not even hiding very well. They can tell. So uh, along with denial, we have sort of this intentional forgetting thing. You know, that's James's image, right? He says the law is like this. This, the law of liberty is like a mirror, and but you look at it and you see that you're not who you should be, but then you walk away and you forget that you even saw it. What's that forgetting? Forgetting that I'm like a stinker in my own flesh. I think I'm actually strong and beautiful. I've got the love of God. You know, we lift up the law, that's great, but we lift it up as what we are doing that's the problem. We exempt ourselves, we explain away our failings. That's another way we hide, right? We, We give ourselves a pass because of our particular situation. You know, God understands my circumstances and therefore it's okay that I'm not actually doing the law, that I'm pointing at other people and sad at them that they're not. We hide behind knowing the law, or holding to the law, or, 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 or paying lip service to the law, and we don't do it. I mean, isn't it just honesty? I, I, I don't care if you're 10 years old or 100 years old. I, I don't care if you're confessed Christ forever. I'm, I'm talking about you in the flesh right now, in your reactions and thoughts and measurements, every t- every f- for your life. We're going to see it. You die. Why do you die? Cause your sin's on you. We'll nod, you know, say, sure, 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 Dak. Get it, boy. Dak's on kick today. And then we go back to hiding. And we go after, how you doing? I'm great. I'm doing good. And let me show you how good things I've done. Well, what about the bad things you've done? Well, I don't talk about those. Why not? I'm ashamed about those. I kind of push those aside. I act like they're not really there. That's hiding. Acting like it's not even a thing, but it's a thing. You have hidden sin. It's it's inexorable. You you either do or you don't, and God is the judge, and he's he's inside you, and no smokescreen helps, and you're accountable to him, and he's already told you that you don't keep the law. In Romans chapter 2. I mean, what's left over? I'll try harder? My friend hurt me with words, and they just say, "Well, I'll never do it again." Really? You already did it for one, and secondarily, I don't even trust that you're not going to do it again. I'm not trusting that, sinner. You've already shown that you're a flawed, ripped pillowcase in our thing. You're part of the ripped room. You're not who you should be. This is why the judgment of God comes, you know. I can't have peace because I don't do the right. If I say I do, I'm hiding. I'm lying. I've got a secret garden of shame myself. Where all my failures are sort of crammed down. So I can act like I love and I can act like I can obey. I'll even pay some, I'll say, hey, God's helping me obey. Look, I'm obeying. Well, what about all those times when you didn't obey? Well, that was God not helping me then. He just helps me when I do something good and when I do something bad, I'm on my own. Well, you've got a pretty selective idea of God's presence in your life. You know, I act like sin's not there and I act like I'm an open book. Yeah, come on, I, I, be, but I'm not going to tell you about stuff I do wrong. Why not? I hide embarrassed. I don't think it helps you to know. So therefore, I paint a picture. I, 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 I paint a mask. I, I, I'm acting like someone I'm not. I've got the law. I, I study it. I have good quiet times. I pray. I do these good things, you guys, and let me exhort you to do them too. Let's just ignore the reality that I've got a hidden room in my life. That's part of who I am. This is what he's going after, right? This kind of attitude. If you're Jewish, you had the covenant sign. You know, if you would just get the covenant sign, then you would be Jews. It was circumcision. That's a sign that they are part of the covenant. You know, but the covenant for the Jewish people, and we go here too, you know, was their promise to keep the law. They got on the mountains and shouted it to each other. That's a sign they were part of that. That's what they're you're workless if you don't keep your part. And that's what he says. He says, For circumcision is indeed of value if you obey the law. But if you break the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. Right, so, so if a man who is uncircumcised keeps the precepts of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? You know, these outward signs you're doing, they only mean something if you actually do obey the law, if the law's the thing. And again, for many of us, the law has become the thing. Why do you think circumcision does anything if the issue is keeping the law? Isn't it better to actually obey God than to get a little piece of you cut off? Than to do some tattoo? Oh, Oops, tattoos are forbidden. Declare loyalty but not actually be loyal to what you promised to do. So there's no particular worth to the sign if it's not accompanied by doing what you're supposed to do. And yet that's where so many put their hope. Look, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm part of the community. Well, not really. Then he's physically uncircumcised but keeps the law will condemn you who have the written code and circumcision, but break the law. If you're in this room, if you're talking about this, if that's where your hope is, then, and, and, and you're pushing people there, say, yeah, believe in Jesus and come back here and do this stuff, then you're not doing it, you know. People will call you a hypocrite and they'll be right. Why? Because you're faking. Not about acting like a Jew. Not even about tying apples to your dead apple tree. It's talk about being. It's a common kind of Christianity that has the same problem as being a Jew. What's the problem? You rely on the law. That beautiful, amazing law. If you rely on the law, then that's all that matters. All of my hopes and my dreams are about coming strong enough to do the law because God then would be pleased with me and all of Christendom. And that's where so many seem to be to push you to work on your sanctification, for example. Like if you just put enough elbow grease and the extra study and the heightened commitment, you can stop having the hidden sin life. You can stop sinning. That 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 means the goal is law keeping. Right? And that leads directly to hiding because the Bible already says you don't do that. And if I think that's my goal, but the Bible says I don't, what am I gonna do? Well, the common thing you do is you don't talk about that stuff. That's what we do. Why is that such a huge problem, Dax? Because you don't got to convince me. You've got to convince God. He's the judge. How do you convince God? He's not fooled by your hiding. He knows all your failures. There's no secret garden of shame. There's just the garden of shame. He sees right to it. And at the end, we're ignoring that. So I think, well, you know, I'm going to show God my good heart by trying at least. Like that's the evidence God really needs. You didn't really want to do that, but you did sometimes because you thought I'd be happy if you gave it a go. Nah. Trying highlights that you don't. Not from the heart. It highlights you're divided. You have thoughts and passions and desires that are wrong. It's a big deal. right? For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical, but a Jew is one inwardly. Circumcision is a matter of the heart by the spirit, not the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. So what I need is to be made new. Whether we're talking about a real Jew before God in the Old Covenant, or me, a Christian in the New Covenant, I'm talking about getting new, new heart by the Spirit, not the letter, which means not the law. What I need isn't to convince you that I'm okay, like I can do that, maybe I can. What I really need is praise from God. How do I get praise from God? His praise is not from men, but from God. Ignoring this won't work. A little bit better won't work. A couple improved behaviors, that's a joke. It's always been a matter of the heart. A matter of what God sees. The giving of the Spirit, making new. That's why the Bible doesn't present it as you accomplishing the law, not before, not after. It's about you with your little secret hidden place that you hide in, getting found. When we're found. Very famous 1800s painting by Arthur, I think Arthur Hughes or Phillips or something. The found girl. Because there's hope, right? If you become aware, as you should, as you should, that, oh, I do, you know, I Tend to hide things away. I don't just present. You Just come out and ask me. Say, Dax, look at that. You're a sinner, and say, Yeah, I, I am. You know, I really am. And th- this is where I've fallen down. But this is why it doesn't matter. There's hope as we become aware of the hidden garden of shame or the the things we hide away because because to show other people would be devastating and 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 shameful to us. And we got to drop that. There's our shame is being taken away. How? So, so right now, way what, what you do it, the law is wonderful. This is what the law does. You got to let it in. You got to open the door. You got to realize, yeah, you, you know, I I can't be in denial. I I can't be hiding this. I can't be forgetting what the mirror says. It it does condemn my flesh, my ego, me. Received a strong word from Paul this morning and last week, and in Romans, you. Do the things you accuse others of doing. You're mad at that person for doing something bad. You do the same thing. Open it up. That's what it's saying. Because if you'll stop hiding, what the law actually can bring you to is something called repentance. And we've messed this up. We make it about, oh, promising you'll never do it again. Baloney. Repentance is changing your mind. I thought the way that I was going to get to God is doing this amazing law, and 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 then and then I find myself hiding things and putting things aside that aren't good that I do and I don't really own up to because I'm too embarrassed. But I do a few good things and I put those up front and make sure people see my resume looks awfully good. And I change my mind. That's such a dead end. But God looks directly into the part that I messed up in, and so I change my mind and I turn. to something totally different. The law is great for that turn. It helps me. It's such its purpose. Hopelessness in yourself and turning and changing your mind. There must be another way, and there is. Why? Because God came down. The God of the universe came down for you. Here's how Luther puts it, Martin Luther. The law says to a person, render what you owe. God has given the law that you might fulfill it, yet you have not fulfilled it, therefore you have an irate God and a strict judge. He could be reading Romans 2. Meanwhile, the law does not say in what way or by whom that person can fulfill it. It cannot show them who fulfills it until the gospel comes in and says, Christ has done it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the answer to the law. Jesus Christ himself. Right? He comes down to you. He finds. It's like what we read this morning, but let me just really fast. You've got to see this. He, 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 Jesus, and he says, I haven't come to call the righteous people, there aren't any, but sinners to repentance, to change their mind, to turn to me. That's what he's saying. So one of the parables, and we saw it in John 15, there's three of them there, but that middle one says, Oh, what woman having ten silver coins? If she loses one, one is lost, you see, hidden away. Does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. Who's finding? The coin's not finding the woman. He's finding. And when she's found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors. She's saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the coin that I had lost. I got it. It's turned, you see. Just so I tell you, there's joy before the angels of God over one sinner who's repents. Who's before the angels of God? God himself having a party over you who stops hiding. And is found. You know, stopping hiding, that doesn't mean all of a sudden you do the law. No, you abandon hope in yourself under the law. And you turn to Jesus and are found His righteousness for you. This is our hope. Because He loves people. He loves you as you are. Trust this, you know, he finds, he rejoices over you. And that's Paul, right? Saying, saying he wants to be found in him. This is, this is, this is in your bulletin. But when you hear this, here it is. I want to be found in him. Paul says, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through trusting Jesus, faith in Christ the righteousness from God that depends on faith. It's such a different room. This is the unashamed gospel, right? I stop hiding in supposed law-keeping and hidden garments in my little hidden room of shame. And I open it up. Why? Because all of that's forgiven. Me, I'm forgiven. Me, by promise, I'm new. Not to go prove to you by now being the better lawkeeper than you are. How stupid can I be? But to trust this Jesus who's done it all. So the very worst teaching of the law goes something like this. God is love. He loves you. So love each other. That ought to raise your eyebrows. Wait a minute. That's how I live. The law is no benign guide to love better, to improve yourself, to be all you can be. That makes you hide because you don't. And when you don't, what are you going to do? I'm going to act like I do. I'm going to shun people who don't. I'm going to stop looking at Jesus and start looking at you and your outside and your works. That's where it leads. That's just where it leads. Instead, let the light in. (laughs) Jesus doesn't abolish the law. He fulfills the law for us. The law wasn't given to make anyone righteous. Not one. It didn't make Jesus righteous. He already was. Not Moses, not Paul. The law was not given to reduce sin, but to increase it. We're going to see that in Romans, coming in chapter 5. So he does not make you and I into better law keepers. That's the way of shame and hiding. Not because the law is bad, but because when you don't, your reaction is to minimize your faults and put forward your best step instead of being yourself. So there's nowhere to hide today. And the most amazing news is not that there's nowhere to hide, but that you don't need to. That Jesus Christ has come. That you are forgiven full and free. That you're able to be who you are and trust this God who's for you. Stop cowering in the bushes. Stop faking. Come join the found. Oh, we sin and we're forgiven. (laughs) We have life that's given. We are found by Jesus. We are covered in his blood. We have life and goodness because he has done it and it worked. We are made new. We are promised in his spirit. We are sealed forever. It is the way. And it's fabulous. It is amazing, this Romans. It really does mean something. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for uh, your amazing word. The depth of this, Lord, I pray that we might... Help us to break out of our legal mindset, our fleshly, individual earning mindset, Lord, and trust in your Son. How we so want to walk in the light, to be ourselves, realize we're found, that you came for us, receive your amazing gift for us. And in this room, we do that today, Lord. We We say yes to you because all of your promises are yes and amen. Thank you for what you've done for us, Jesus. Help us to hold to it. In your name.